You're listening to Stir Crazy with Steve Jenkins. Conversations with creatives during the quarantine. Hey, what's up, folks? You're listening to Stir Crazy with Steve Jenkins, and I am Steve Jenkins. All right, so this week I decided to change up the music for the episode, and what you just heard is a track off of my record, Steve Jenkins and the Coaxial Flutter, and that's a song called Don't Bring a Knife to a Gunfight. You know, I don't want to get too formulaic. Got to give people a reason to keep tuning in. By the way, I wanted to say thanks to everybody for the positive feedback. If you got any friends who might dig this podcast, please tell them about it. And also, if you think of it, please rate and review this if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. And just a reminder, besides Apple Podcasts, you can also listen to this on Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. So this week, some states are starting to move away from shelter-in-place orders and start to reopen some stuff. And uh, I mostly think this is a horrible idea. I'm of the opinion that gigs and concerts are going to be the last thing to return. So I got curious because I have all kinds of friends who, like me, are full-time career musicians. And there are people of all stripes. Like some play with famous people. Some are just people that play mostly on a local level and maybe do some other stuff in music like produce or what have you. But I took to social media and on three different platforms, those being Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, I basically asked the question to the people who saw it, and that was this. If it was possible to play a gig today with things as they are, would they do it? Now keep in mind this is an informal poll, and it wasn't up for very long, but what's interesting is the results are pretty similar. The majority of people said no. 85% of the people who participated on Facebook said no. On Instagram, I had a little poll up in the stories, and 80% of those people said no. 87% of the people on Twitter said no. I'm not really on Twitter too much, so I have no idea who's seeing that and who who isn't. But the bottom line is, let's say between 80% and 87% of the people don't want to play right now. And it's been interesting because... This is something I've been thinking about a lot. We're all trying to figure out, like, when's it going to happen? When's it going to come back? And I just don't think it's going to happen for a long time. I think we're, we're like, the last thing that's going to probably come back. It's going to take a while for stuff to get there. I think it will, but it's going to just be some time. And I was talking to um, Matt Rubano, who some of you might remember from the very first episode of this podcast. We were talking about this. Uh, we were texting, actually. And he said something really interesting which is musicians don't want to go to work, despite the fact they all desperately need to. I thought that was quite the astute observation on Matt's part. In any case, I'm actually not in any rush to get back to playing, even though I really miss it, and I miss the camaraderie and the hangs, and uh, just all of it. You know, it feels great to play live, but if it is going to come back, it's got to be safe, and it's got to be the kind of thing that at least isn't as risky as it is right now. I just think that's what everyone's thinking about right now. It's got to be safer than it is, which is just common fucking sense. And that's the only thing that's going to get us out of this. My guest today is Vernon Reed. It's safe to say that my trajectory in music would not have been what it was had I not heard Living Color, especially because I had just started playing bass around the time that Vivid came out. Actually, Vivid just had its 32nd anniversary because I believe the original release date was May 3rd, 1988. The first time I heard Living Color and the first time I heard Vernon Reed was when the song Cult of Personality was on a sound page in Guitar Player Magazine. And for those that don't know, sound page was basically a playable record that came in the middle of Guitar Player Magazine every month. And basically you pull it out and put it on your turntable and listen to it like it was a 45 or something. I met Vernon through Dave Fuzinski back in 2005. Fuse was actually just on episode 10 last week. And I've done a bunch of gigs and touring with Vernon, and he's one of my great friends. Vernon is one of the most intelligent and interesting people I know. We share a love for science fiction, comic books, and music. And so whenever we talk, there's always a lot of cool stuff that comes up. 
Besides Living Color, Vernon's played with people like Ronald Shannon Jackson, Mick Jagger, The Roots, Public Enemy, Janet Jackson, Don Byron, Bernie Worrell, Santana, Jack Bruce, and so many other people. And as a guitar player, he's very cutting edge, and he represents what I feel is the perfect balance of vocabulary, feel, technique, and an embrace of technology. And that's given him an infinite range of sounds and still keeps him very much ahead of the curve. We talked a couple weeks after the lockdown started, and like with a lot of the previous episodes, because of this thing moving so fast and changing, some of the things we talk about are a little bit outdated at this point. But in any case, here's how our conversation went. I will start by saying thanks for doing this. And yeah, totally. Happy to do it. Awesome, man. Um, and I guess, you know, how, how you been, man? How's it going? We're, um, we're these are weird. Thing. These are weird. I, I say I'm good. Uh, these are, are, are weird times as as you well as everybody. I mean, I'm not telling you nothing that I'm not telling you anything actually controversial by telling you that these are, I mean, unprecedentedly strange times. I mean, we all know this. And I think we're all trying to come to grips with it. I mean, it's it, it's uh, nothing like this has ever happened uh, in our lives before. It's been a long time since there's been any kind of equivalent thing. I mean, even if you, even taking 9/11 into account, um, this this that's not this is an or, order of magnitude, uh, you know, uh, greater. In terms of its impact in the on in the world, um, and and the fact is we don't know what it's going to mean long term. You know, like a, a, a lot of us, we're all desperate to get back to our normal lives, and I'm not sure that our normal lives are going to be completely uh, uh, reconstructable. That's not even a that's not even a word. <laughs> uh, uh, that we're, we're going to be able to um, uh, just go back to everything as it was. I think things have been fundamentally shifted, and they've already. Sh- you know, if everything, if every, if there was a, uh, if there was a vaccine right now, everything is different. Like right now, if they came up with the vaccine, it's not like we're going to go. Oh, I'm glad that's over. Um, and, and thinking about, um, all the various, um, strains and, 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 and different unintended consequences that are inevitably going to result from continued disruptions and instability, um, it's going to get even, it's going to be even more different on the other side. The one thing that we do know is that society recovered somewhat from, society did recover from the 1917, 18, 19 pandemic. But you know, when I say that, because people say called the 1917 influenza, they're called 1918, and some people refer to it as 1919. That's three years. Yeah. So coming to grips with, the idea of this thing lasting six months is unthinkable for most of us, much less considering this going on for a year or two. We'll have, we'll have, we will all have got, had to figure out a, a whole other program by then. Yeah, I, I don't think April 30th is really a realistic time frame. I think, if anything, uh, people reassess but I, I kind of feel like 2020 is closed in a lot of ways. And, yeah. uh, you know, like all, all kidding aside, because I know people like to kind of as, assign sentient traits to like a year, you know, I mean, like, right. And I, I, you know, it's like, I don't know, man, it's it's funny to see that people think like that. And I, I kind of get it. But I don't know. And I guess, you know, there's always things that can kind of foreshadow stuff but i don't i don't always know if it's fair to read into it although i think as we've seen you know like in 2016 when bowie and prince died i mean i kind of knew that was going to be a fucked up year 
We yeah. lost Neil. We lost Neil Peart and Kobe Bryant in like the first month. I mean, that, you know, that, that was what you. Know, I, I, I'm I'm not gonna call dibs on calling it, but I, I tell you, when Neil Peart, it was like, I think I tweeted, "It's official. 2020 sucks." <laughs> Little did I know. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, I, I mean, this has been this year is um. I mean, people don't know what they don't know. We don't know what we don't know. And um, the fact that there's so many unknowns um, puts us all weirdly in the same place, strangely enough. But, of course, different people have different resources to draw on. Some people have savings. Other people don't have savings. But the fact is... All of those things need to be replenished. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like we're gonna have to figure out something um, because it's we're talking about a cascade of um, we're gonna have to do a lot of repurposing and rethinking, and and all not just um, what our jobs are, but what the meanings of those jobs are. We're gonna have to think. We're gonna think about the underlying. Um, you know, the real relation, the underlying theme, as Neil Pert Hert, uh wrote in Living in the Limelight, you know, with Rush. Right. Yeah. We're going to have to figure that shit out quick, fast, and somewhat in a hurry. But, you know, in a way, we'll, you know, on a certain level, time is going to be imposed on us. Because we're all going to be spinning a bit trying to figure out what it is. And there's going to be a lot of anxiety, a lot of anxiety around the uncertainty. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen uh, to our, our business? Like, do you think, do you think like uh, the touring things ever going to fully come back? Do you think that's going to change how people approach doing stuff like that? Do you think the festival thing is going to recover? Or do you think it's all sort of based on um, just maybe getting the, getting like a vaccine out or like maybe letting the science kind of dictate where it goes first before we, uh, think, I mean, it's a very hard thing to see around, but you yeah. know, I've been talking, you know, so just for a timestamp, cause my goal with this, with this podcast is to kind of put these out as I do them. So yeah. as the weeks unfold, things are going to be different. So we're Absolutely. into like, I'd say there's probably uh, not being an expert in this at all, but just from my own observations, there's like five stages of grief with this thing. Yeah. And maybe the first couple weeks are denial. And maybe, maybe like the people that like don't care that have been going to like the beaches and stuff, they're not out of that yet. I think we're now entering the acceptance phase because we're seeing terrible images of, you know, like hospitals with, you know, just, I don't know, just, got, but, but you know what though? Because the, the stages of grief, acceptance is the fi- is kind of the final stage. There's there's bargaining. Yeah. Um, if I'm recalling, there's rage. There's denial. Oh right, right. Um, there's rage. Um, there's bargaining. Um, and there, there's bargaining, and there's an one other stage or two and it's but acceptance is the final stage okay um and and denial um you're right it's like yeah yeah that's right it's denial rage bargaining and then acceptance and i don't know if there's a surrender is a you know surrender should be a stage yeah you know but yeah um I think that um, the people, like as much as it, as it's a, a bit of Schadenfreude to, 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 uh, you know, and I'm and I'm guilty of it too. You know, yelling at the people that went to South Beach and went to Bondi Beach in Australia, and you know, went everyone that went to, uh, um, that, that that went to Daytona Beach during the spring break thing. Um, these people are very, you know, they're they're kind of almost giddy with terror. You know what I mean? Like this whole YOLO, I get it if I get it. I mean, that's from the perch of not having severe bronchial 
a severe bronchial situation where you can't breathe. Um, there's a kind of glib denial. And, and on a level, because you're talking about something that's going to so fundamentally shift the nature of life itself, that's too big for most of us to even look at. It's, it's one thing to be told, you know what, everything's going to be different now. People have been throwing around the phrase, everything's going to be different. And the people that throw that phrase around, it's almost like saying that is a bulwark against the actual event happening. Because the fact is, everyone that says everything's going to be different, most of those people are very comfortable. <laughs> most of those people are, are saying it from a kind of perch of comfort. You know, so everything being different is a kind of um, funny idea. And it's also one of these ideas that young people are very comfortable with saying. Because, yeah. you know, they, they have years ahead of them to adjust, you know, to think that they can, to think that they can adjust, you know, so yeah. you say everything's going to be different. That that's a phrase that, that, that is, in, that's your battle cry. If you're from the, if your demographic is from say 16 to 25, that's your battle cry. You know, that's what motivates you to jump into the fray. And it changes, you know, in mid, anywhere from your mid twenties into your into your thirties, and it changes again from your thirties to your forties, and it changes again, and then it becomes a thing that generates fear at a certain point, and maybe that fear starts in your mid thirties when you realize the revolving door swings one way, and so there's a certain amount of, well, everything's going to be different, but I don't want it's not going to change me, or it's not going to affect me. But when you say everything, everything is everything. And that's part of the problem of uh, people just, you know, I, I listen, I, I walk, when I do my little supply runs, you know, yeah. I have like my, my, uh, my gloves. I, you know, I don't, you know, I don't use a surgical mask. I use, I do use a bandana. I look like a bank robber, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and I'm kind of grooving to the, I'm kind of grooving to that vibe. I'm grooving to the fact that I can wear a bandana now and the cops are not stopping me because I yeah. have like an actual reasonable explanation for why I've got a bandana covering my half my grill. But yeah. um, you know, <laughs> yeah. when I go into places and um and then people are just, you know, uh uh no mask, no nothing, no, you know, they're, you know, and, 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 and their reaction is reaction like, all right, y'all are overreacting. Their thing is, you know, it's not going to be worse than the flu. It's da 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 And I, I, I have to be honest, I was one of those people at the beginning of this month. I mean, I did a, a, a show. I sat in with someone at Iridium in New York City. I mean, this thing has completely unraveled. This is March the 30th. I did a thing with Otis Taylor uh, at, at Iridium on March the 9th and 10th. Yeah. So 20 days ago, there were gigs. You could go to a bar. You could sit down in a cafe. That was just 20 days ago. Oh, yeah. No. And, and I think the changes are not stopping. And when we get... And here's the other thing about denial. Um, part of the problem has been that we haven't had a lot of testing. And the craziness of that is that all of a sudden shit's going to just jump up. The numbers are going to jump up of people who have it. And people may experience it as a mild fever. But you know what? I'm going to jump back into how's it going to affect our business. Yeah. I think people are going to be dying I mean, depending on how we get out of this, if we, if if they put the resources in research, we've cut a lot of money for research. So really, there has to be a for real worldwide effort, not just going to be from this, the the states. And and I think they really have to do a thing where, you know, the all the pharma companies, whenever yeah. they come up with a vaccine, it's got to be released as a generic. Not as a branded, not as a thing, you know what I mean? Uh, not as something that Merck can um, can exploit and make super expensive, you know, make it cheaper to develop countries and ex expensive for the developing countries. I think we need some international agreements and we need some cooperation because if we really want to save what, you know, save some semblance of the system, a vaccine is going to have to be widely distributed. 
and and quickly. Um, And basically, if if COVID-19 can be either handled or sufficiently suppressed, then you're going to see a a charge, a surge to get to get back to normal. People are going to really, 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 you know, because they want to get back to their denial. Denial is their big friend. Right. Denial is their teddy bear. So people yeah. are going to want to get back to denial desperately. So in, in reality, I think if there's any resolution to be had, if a lot of a lot of brilliant brains around the world are, co- are, are you know, cooperating, collaborating and a vaccine can be found, I think things will be back to so-called normal rather quickly, you know, because because people want it desperately. They want it to they, they, they want to have a good time. They, people want sports to return. If sports returns, everything returns. If yeah. sports, sports come back, gigs come back, it all comes back. On the other hand, if this is protract, protracted, I have no doubt that entertainment is going to return. Still, I mean, the night, the, the Roaring Twenties were the Roaring Twenties for a reason, and that was, you know, basically the pandemic was over by by nineteen uh, nineteen, and then it was, you know, it was an inc- explosion, you know, of of uh, you know, explosion of prosperity. You know what I mean? And um, there's no reason to think that that couldn't happen. Again, but the problem with that is there are certain things that are in effect here that were not in effect in 1919-1918. That is social media. That is the 24-hour news cycle. That is yeah. the, the the worldwide meme of terror uh, that gets shared and becomes, you know, uh, for want of a better word, viral. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And um, and that's. And, and also, other factors are, um, you know, actors with the means and willingness to exploit um, our attention deficit, our collective attention deficit disorder. Um, mm-hmm. Nobody can remember the last time the word terrorism was talked about at all in the news. It's, like, it's as if it's like, poof, suddenly it's all coronavirus and all COVID-19 at all times. Yeah. Well, there are people who don't think they think they think in long time scales. They don't think in a 24 hour news cycle. That's not their thing. And what what worries me are the other attendant catastrophes that we are heir to, like like terrorism, both foreign and domestic things like mass shootings, which are which are a kind of terrorism. Um, um, this kind of male rage nihilism, um, which is kind of like this apo- this apocalyptic end time theology that's that's all over the place, um, not just in Christianity but Islam and you know and, and so on and so forth. Fundamentalism that's that's um, uh, perfectly willing to see an apocalypse. And with this as the backdrop, I, it worries me that there may be people that want to nudge the apocalypse along and give it a shove. And that concerns me. If those things, if, if certain things don't materialize, you know, then we should be counting our blessings. <laughs> pretty yeah. much. Yeah, it's uh, pretty pretty crazy right now. Uh, it's And it's hard to think too far ahead you know i mean that's i think that's the one thing this whole this whole uh situation has robbed people of you know it's really hard to predict anything you know uh and i think the worst thing about it is that the mobilization of misinformation and and like bad bad news points that get picked up and and get maybe repeated out of context um and and like lack of due diligence for people to check the dates of things like 
Um, you know, I think, I think that's been a really problematic thing because on one hand, the first things we heard about this were, were things that sort of sounded like, well, it mostly affects old people, you know, yeah, right. which is, which is proven to be erroneous and not accurate at all. And so, you know, look, if you're not someone that's a news person or you don't follow current events and you're a young person and you just, your ear kind of hears that little message. I mean, I can't, I mean, it's not, it's not that like I would give someone a pass for this, but like, I can't blame someone for thinking they'd be okay by going out, you know, if that's what they heard, you know, but yeah, well, you know, people are desperate again. I think that the the, the misinformation and disinformation is also a function of denial. It's a function of of the stages of grief, right? We're grieving. I think it's a solid point. I think the, the nine 11 conspiracies Part of what's always struck me was that it was the denial of the idea that 18 people could be disciplined enough to pull yeah. off something like what they pulled off. And it's and with box cutters, like the idea that someone could pull off <clears throat> these terrible things armed with only a box cutter and a lot of planning and a certain amount of money, people couldn't deal with it. They couldn't deal with the idea that they had real operational security. It's my firm belief that only the only people that knew that they were going to fly those buildings into play were the actual pilots. I think, I think, like if it was 18 people, somebody's going to say, fuck that noise. Somebody's going to, you know? So yeah. they had operational security and they had concentric security and they made it happen. And then every other thing has becomes a long, a crazy, you know, for me, I, I believe in Occam's razor. Right now, now, now people are going to suffer because there we do have a kind of um, denial could also take the uh, form of hucksterism and taking advantage of people, and um, people are going to be offered all kinds of fake supplements and all kinds of things, and they're going to suck up, get a whole bunch of people hurt or killed. Um, there was a story about a guy in Arizona, a man in Arizona, a couple in Arizona, that after Clarkwin was announced as a kind of miracle drug to stop coronavirus, um, these people self-administered Clarkwin, and one person died from it, and the other person became critically injured. Yeah, I saw that. that was, that's insane, man. Um, yeah, it's just, it's it's just been an interesting. It's been an interesting thing to see, um, just to see it unfold. Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I, the last thing I did before this whole thing kind of <clears throat> like the lockdown started was I had a session and I knew that that was the last one I was going to do for a while. Like I, I could just tell, and it was, you know, it was when, uh, Trump was on TV talking about it and talking about like how not all non-essential stuff was going to close. And I just, you know, it was one of those things where it's like, you're in your, I mean, I had to like play, you know, play well and be in, engaged with what I was doing. And it was fun and good to have that as a distraction. But half the time, like in between takes, I was like, everyone was looking at their phones trying to figure out what it meant and, and the whole thing. And, you know, yeah. that was, that was sort of like the, uh, sort of like the last time things sort of felt normal, but you kind of knew, stuff was going to change. And then, you know, I had gigs the week before that. And after the gigs, it was like handshakes, photos, um, people wanted to like hang and talk. And it was like, I was already like, kind of like, I'm going to wash my hands in between every interaction. So right. it, it's, it's weird, man. Like I kind of had this feeling that like in early March, I could tell that we were going to, stuff was going to change, but I just didn't know what the timeline was, but yeah, it's, it's really March has felt like six months and, and, um, this year has felt like half a decade. So, um, it's a very strange, very strange time, um, in general, I think. And it's hard to make heads or tails of stuff because, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like you're, it's almost like decide which fictional character you want to give you your bad news, you know? Well, this is, this is, um, I mean, we've been prepping for this 
for 30, 40 years, if not longer. I mean, the, the, from the age, from the time of the Poseidon adventure and the, the disaster movie, right? Mm -hmm. um, from the Andromeda strain to outbreak, uh, to pandemic, to, to all of these different series and games and shows, um, to the day after tomorrow, we've been entertaining ourselves with every form of human apocalypse possible, both the known and the imagined. And um, it is eerie, it is very eerie to find ourselves living a real-time narrative um, that seems torn completely out of fiction. And, 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 and I'm including, there's a kind of strange love said part of it. I mean, this is a, it's deadly serious, but it's also farcical. Like, what the things that are happening in terms of the messaging from the administration, the president, it's, 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 it would be hilarious if it didn't cost lives. Yeah. And yeah. At, at some point, when history looks back at this, when whatever movies and plays are made about this situation, it's going to be bananas. Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm worried about having a vaccine that's going to get rid of all this, or, or you know, like kind of fix, you know, kind of cure, uh, you know, COVID nineteen, or, or do what like a flu shot does. And I have a feeling. And, you know, maybe this is just me being cynical, but there's going to be anti-vaxxers for that shit. Watch. Of course. They're going to, you know. No, of course there Of course there are. Because, you know, there are people that, that just, um, their default mode is, um, you know, people are not to be trusted. Um, you know, and that, and that everyone has got their worst interests at heart. And um, that's not, that should not be um, uh, some, a surprise to anyone that yeah. that would be uh, a, a mode that we, you know, we would find as as a um, a response. You know, it's going to be that response. Um, yeah, people are going to claim to have credentials that they don't have for legitimacy. You know, that's the thing. Like virologists to be the virologist to be the hero. Like like people are going to want to be quote unquote the hero, and because of that, you know, they're going to insist on certain things that are not real and and um we're gonna pay the price we're gonna people are gonna pay the price for it and that's and that's just facts you know that's just facts yeah it's it's you unfortunate know? man it's really it it's is really unfortunate it is unfortunate it really is you know and uh, I, and i hate to think that that's true that it can that it could go down like that but i i think it will i think it will because um you know, because this is like the biggest thing to ever happen. You know, I mean, in a in a really long time, like the 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 nature of what this is, and uh, what it portends, is 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 really far beyond what people are willing to even talk about. And and you know, and I have to deal my, myself with people who are spiritual people that they 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 uh you know that they. You know, and these are people I love and I, I, I think the world of. Yeah. But they're not, you know, like science is, a, you know, they're very, science is a, is a problem. You know, it's it's actually a problem to, you know, the empirical method is a problem. You know, they it, they, they don't want to, um, they don't want to deal with it. That, you know, and they they prefer kind of a kind of magical thinking, which I kind of, you know, in the main, you know, I'm, I'm cool with it. You know, I get it. You know, but yeah. at the same time, you know, we live on a planet. We live really in a world and in a universe with actual rules. And we don't understand what all those rules are. That's what science is for. It's not about saying, you know, people say, well, science doesn't have all the answers. And I'm like, science doesn't pretend to have all the answers. That's the whole point. <laughs> that's, the, yeah. that's, the whole, that's the whole point about it. <clears throat> it's not about answers. It's about, you know, talking about these questions that get us to a better understanding. It's about yeah. having better understanding of of the interactions, you know, the very complex interactions that you know make up what is happening 
on this planet, in this dimension, in this particular galaxy. Now, some scientific beliefs border on the irrational, border on the fanciful. They also border on the, the, the quote-unquote spiritual, like the idea of, you know, wormholes and um, the idea of, of mul a multiplicity of universes and parallel dimensions. And all of those things can be true. And I have no doubt that, um, you know, like maybe a wormhole is, is the only way we'll get to interstellar, you know, to find uh, in life on other planets. And now, I believe that there's life on other planets. And... I have no proof for that belief, but I just think there's so many planets, there's so many galaxies, there's there's so much of of everything. It's just very vast and it's yeah. very far away. That's the problem. There's, yeah. there's I, I have no I have no doubt in my mind that there are planets with all kinds of forms of life, but they're, they're they're hella far away. That's the problem. So then you get into like. Well, maybe a worm, wormholes, like worm, like people talk about a wormhole opening up as if it's going to be like a branch of a Starbucks. You know what I mean? Right. And it would be great for there to be a Starbucks wormhole to open up. You know what I mean? That you can walk yeah. through and be, go, and get the battle geese. But that's the problem, right? The problem is things crawl. Like, and it took us a long time. The things that we take for granted are really vast. When you talk about almost everything, from the spices we put on food to um, the fact that, that the, the the fact that we have a bridge on our instruments, like the development of the bridge took a thousand years. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, it's very, it's crazy how that stuff. There's so many little things like that. There, there, there are a bazillion little things. Like we have been <clears> the <throat> beneficiary. Of, of an extra of extraordinary advances that took an extraordinarily the fact that I'm talking to you on my phone and we're recording this it took a grip of developments going back to the beginning of cuneiform for yeah. us to do what we're doing and but at the same time we yawn we're bored by everything we don't take <laughs> right we, we you know what I mean like uh, you know, we we kind of we take everything for granted. Everything's whole hum. It's like we're the most spoiled bunch of humans. We're the most advanced humans, but in a certain way, you know, like people. It took people. You know, imagine like um, you're mad at people, and you you're mad at these people across the lake. And you decide to raise up an army. Because the people on the other side of the lake are do they're overfishing or whatever, right? Well, you have to stay mad. You, I mean, you have to stay. You have to tell yourself a story about what they're doing. And now, mind you, to put together an army, you have to deal with the fact that a lot of women lost, a lot of people lost children in childbirth. So, you, you're talking about many children. You know, like, like there will be three and four and five miscarriages before you get a successful birth. And yet and still, as precious as that is, we get enough people to put together to make an army to go march. And the marching might take months, but we're gonna go and clobber these people. It's, it's amazing. Now, it's a drone operator. It's a dude sitting, you know, sit, sitting in a barracks with Starbucks, looking at a screen and deciding where he's going to send the robot to blow up what hut, what bunker. That's where we are. Yeah, it's crazy. We're the most prepared in some ways to pass the time, you know, you know, cause you, there's access to all kinds of information. There's access Absolutely. to every kind of recording. There's access to movies. And, um, this is going to be a good segue. I was going to ask like, um, and what have you been doing beside, you know, cause I know we're all kind of processing this in, yeah. in, in the realist of time. Uh, but what are you doing to pass the time? Have you been doing any music stuff? Have you been writing? Have you been like shedding guitar? Like what's yeah. Yeah, do you have, like been, a routine? I, yeah. I actually, uh, have been doing this thing. Like some of the, some of the, uh, 
I've, I've been actually shedding, and I've been doing this thing where I, that I call binge shedding. And, <laughs> What's that? <laughs> and binge binge shedding is I'll put on a show. Um, I'll put on a show. Like, there's certain kind of picking exercises and things um, that are kind of repetitive on a level. You know, you'll play, do the same action a lot of times. Now, in one sense, there's... Obviously, there's picking and, and approaching it mindfully, very mindfully, and being very conscious of it. But there's also a value to putting certain processes in the background, so then you're less self-conscious about the things you're doing. So, one thing that I, I've started doing is doing these uh, kind of exercises where I'll I put on a metro, I do these kind of pseudo-chromatic exercises, whatever. But I like I I uh, really like the show The Expanse, which is on uh, Amazon Prime. Yeah. It's a great hard sci-fi, um, very much in the in the style of the reboot of Battlestar Galactica. You know, yeah. um, very well shot, very well acted, and um, and uh, I I had started watching it, and I just kind of because um, I was busy with stuff, this that and the other thing, and I kind of bailed. In uh, season two, middle season two, not because I didn't like it, but because you know it's too many things to keep track of. So I just started. You know what? I'm gonna do. I'm gonna set my metronome. I'm gonna do this thing, but I'm also gonna watch. I'm gonna catch up on uh, on the Expanse, and it's actually been it's been really cool. You know. Uh, so th uh, that's one thing that I've been doing. I uh, I I just did a track. Uh, a, 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 a mutual friend, uh, Andy Blackshirt. You know Andy, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Crazy Uber guitarist uh, Andy Blackshirt. He, he uh, he's he's, he's do yeah he's doing a quarantine. He's doing a, like a whole series of quarantine things, and he asked me to participate um, in, on on this kind of thing, this track and a uh, bunch of tracks and uh, yeah, Chris Bo our friend Chris Buono is on it. Um, uh, oh, cool. Leon Gulenbaum, our our, our 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 former bandmate, uh, right. Leon Gulenbaum is you know is playing San the San Chilean, um, you know uh, uh, Alex Skolnick, you know who's uh, also a mutual friend, great yeah. great 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 dude, great guitarist. Um, yeah, I just talked to him. Oh, that's my boy. Yeah, you know he's one, one of my he's one of the dudes. You know he's just a lovely, lovely, uh, extremely talented but extremely wonderful person. Yeah, musician. we had a good talk. We had a good talk yeah. on here. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. He's a great dude. And um, and so I just did a, a, a just a thing, you know, on one tune, and I did that last night. I have this other. Um, collaboration project with a, 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 a an artist who's like an electronic artist out of Texas, uh, Rick Acevedo. And uh, I've, I've had, it's, it's like, I've had this, this uh, project for the longest time. I'm finally turning it around. So I'm turning things around. And I'm, I'm um, uh, taking the time to explore, to write, to do some writing, you know, mm -hmm. I, I uh, I'm taking the time to also do just exploring like gear that I have. You know what I mean? Like uh, I've been using the uh, Line Six Helix, and it's a brilliant piece of gear. And I'm taking the time to really fully explore the things that are in the box, as well as looking at um, different, you know, different pedals and things and integrating them, and also trying to figure out how to integrate um, systems. To, to work together, like I'd like to find a way to have the Helix control my old V8 VG99, my old Roland uh, unit, which I still love for certain things, and also the you know using it to control the Kemper and also guitar rig, that's uh, you know which is a virtual kind of guitar system from Native Instruments yeah. and things like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know I got plenty of stuff to to occupy my time. Yeah. You know, so I've always been amazed how how flawlessly your technological thing has worked um because i mean we've played we've played probably like you know close to like what 100 gigs or something together yeah. like a lot yeah. we had a lot of gigs together man yeah. and like i can definitely say 
Um, because, you know, people will always see pictures of like people's gear and be like, how does all that shit work? And what happens if it goes down? I think there might be like one time I can remember something like that happening. And it wasn't, it was like you you pulled your cable out by accident. Like, yeah. I think you're, we were in like Argentina or something, man. Like yeah. it was when we were out with Dana Hawkins and, um, oh, you know what I mean? Like, I think that was it, but it was never, it was never like, okay, like someone knocked something over or, or a cave, you know, I've, I've yeah. never seen that happen. It's always been like an amazing, I've always been amazed by that. We've Meanwhile, some, we've had some wild, remember the time we were playing at that rail yard in Brazil. I'd like our gear didn't get like, yes. <laughs> and, and, and that show, and I it was like, we, they drove us like Herbie. I was like, you know, uh, uh, it, uh, these, these folks drove us it seemed like for an hour into the middle of nowhere and we were like in this it was like foggy and, yeah. it was, and it was like oh yeah man it's okay no one's gonna show up and then it turned out it was packed like, it was packed oh my god I think I let you use my boost pedal cause like I used I mean, your boost yeah yeah like, oh, cause, yeah, cause like little... I had this I had this thing I would use um, I don't even think I was taking a lot of bass solos on, on that gig but like I had it just just to have to like kick my volume up for certain things. And, yeah. um, I wasn't really, you know, I don't know. I think I just had it, but I think, yeah, I think you just wanted to have something you could use for something like distortion. Like, well, I just want to be able to be able to have some kind of distortion. And, and actually that gig turned out to be a super fun gig. That it gig, was that, fun. It turned out to be a super fun gig, but that was like one of these things where, you know, like you have all your stuff and you know, all this stuff is really fun, and I'm a, I'm a kind of a geek. You know, we, we share a, a love of comic books and science fiction and all this kind of stuff. Oh, and absolutely. The, and um, it's just interesting. Like, it's cool to be into all this stuff because I love it when it works, and it's really a lot of fun when it does. But it was kind of one of these moments where, okay, we have to adjust to the fact that none of that shit's showing up. You know, and we were still able to make it happen and have a have a great show, and that's kind of really, um, really important in the in the long run. I think I think that um, we're going to be different on the other side of this, and I think the kind of music, uh, it's not going to be just enough to be have a lot of guile and cleverness. I mean, I think there's going to be an emotional component that's going to have to come into play because we're going to be facing a lot of loss. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, it's, it is, you know, we just lost the great playwright Ter Terrence McNally, which is a shock to, to everyone in the, in the um, theater world. Yeah. Um, we lost the, the, we lost Manu Dibango, Mr. Soul Makosa, which is so shocking because he was such an important figure, not just in African music, but in the European music festivals and things like that. And, um, you know what I mean? He, uh, he changed Michael Jackson's life. You know what can I tell you? But, uh, um, and we're going to see, you know, like right now, um, John Prine, the great singer songwriter, John Prine, apparently is hospitalized because that's, of COVID-19. Yeah, I you saw know, that. that. And I just saw that this morning, which is sh shocking. Mm -hmm. And, and, and this is, um, uh, uh, we're going to have to uh, really, uh, when we do whatever we're doing with our, our instruments, our devices, we're going to have to dig deeper. And that's what I, that's what my great hope is that, um, is that we dig deeper. Like I, I told you that with your own music, like it's, it's funny because, you know, you got a lot of flash bass players and they can do a lot of stuff, but your music, you know, I was very honored to be, you know, part of, uh, one of your records, I think your second album. And, yeah. uh, I was happy you were on it, man. Oh man, it was really an honor to have you play on pleasure. it. It's, it's beautiful, beautiful record. And Thank the you. thing about it is you made a music that's actually about something. And I've told you this. You made a music that is about the way you think about the world in a very fundamental mm -hmm. way. And I actually think 
and I and I say this to you not because we for your podcast, whatever. I think that this is a tremendously important um, staging area for you to make music because you're already in, you've already been engaged in thinking about what in the what ifs, you know, you yeah. the you know like. Uh, you, you know, like you had this title of the song. I'll never, I'll never forget it. So, leave this town before you can't. Leave oh, yeah, the leave city this... before. You... Yeah. Like leave the city before you can't, and and that struck me as as pretty dire, and and uh... kind of fucked up when you think about it today, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. But you know, but you know, but you know, like the fact that you. You're pro- you're more prepared than most to make something creative out of what this is because you're already there. You're you're al- you're already there, and I don't know where that means for you or where that takes you, but you're you're already and I and I I, I will I will toss this word. You're already spiritually in quotations. You're already spiritually <laughs> pre- prepared in on a level to engage with certain questions that really uh, many other artists are not really ready to engage in. You're already engaging with those questions. Yeah, man. Th- I mean, it's it's awesome to hear you say that, and I appreciate the kind words. I, I think I've just never been the kind of person that, that uh, liked – like the really surfacey stuff, even though I think there's a place for all that too. Of course, you know, I, I think there's like there's a lot of different shades of things, you know. And I, I don't think, like, I don't think someone that's a great songwriter that doesn't go into stuff like that. I don't think they're a bad songwriter because they oh, no. don't. I but I but I think for me, yeah, I've always had this kind of fascination with with like the the you know one foot in like the. Uh, maybe a little bit of the conspiracy theory thing, but one also like just in science and like sociological things. And, um, I, I think it's weird to be someone that makes instrumental music and think about that stuff. But I, I definitely have thought about free for, like this. So the thing that was different about the second record was mostly, I tried to think of it more like a soundtrack versus uh-huh. like, here's a bunch of tunes that people are going to like play great things on. And, you know, I mean, even though that everything, everyone, put on those tracks, made those tracks as great as they are. A lot of it was sort of like in the framework of like, I'm thinking about this from a cinematic standpoint also. Um, so I think that's kind of how I like to look at music, but, um, yeah, I think I hope my hope for this time period is like when people come out, they just, there's no fear anymore, man. Like there's none of that, like look over your shoulder to see how you fit into all this. Like people just do it. And there's like an unapologetic bend to the music that, or, or whatever the, the medium is like, I just hope people stop giving a fuck altogether because if we all survive this and I hope we all do, yeah. I mean, one, that's going to be the greatest middle finger to this administration. Cause they, cause you know, fuck them. But also just in general, I mean, I think if, if we're going to be in a place where people are going to be brave enough to go out and hear art or they're going to need, they're going to need something to get them through. Then I feel like people got to really like, they got to dig deep and, and make the best stuff that they can. Um, absolutely. And, and I wonder, so I was going to ask you, like, what do you think? I mean, I, I would imagine right now people are still trying to wrap their head around this, but do you think there's a responsibility for art and, and musicians to kind of address this thing? You know, they always talk about like music and art, kind of gets created in like the most adverse of circumstances. Like, do you think people have responsibility to like, kind of, you know, show up? I I think pretending that the thing that's happening, that's, I I think the pretending that the thing that's obviously happening isn't happening is, does it get service? I don't think that it all has to be gloom and doom, not at all. And I think that, you know, things like comedians, right? Like I think comedians have a great role to play, right? An example. Like, it's very important to be able to laugh at shit like this. And that doesn't mean being irresponsible, but, you know, for yeah. people that are even on the front lines and having a sense of humor about this thing is going to be essential. You know what I mean? And, yeah. um, you know, like we have a situation where we have uh, a very petty person 
that's the most important decision-making person in the world, on the planet. And, you know, that is crazy that we, you know, that we have someone that needs to, quote-unquote, win at all times. You know, I think that's there's something hilarious about that, and there's also something tragic about that. Yeah. And it's and and embracing uh, and speaking about the, the hilarious tragedy is is absolutely appropriate. You know what I mean? I, I think. And uh, even even if you don't agree necessarily, with, you know, you don't have to be a progressive to get this right. The absurdities are not, you know, looking at the absurdities are, is not uh, the province of one side or the other. But it does call for a certain fucking honesty. I want, you know, like, stop with the mendacity and stop with the bullshit. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, you don't agree with, uh, you don't agree there should be universal health care. How do you make the fucking argument now? How do you make the argument against it? And if you want, you know what I mean? If you're a country western artist and you want to do, do a red, white, and blue song, then you know what? Write a song about the garbage, man. The people that write a song, a patriotic song about the people that are picking up your garbage and the people that are still at the grocery store at the bodega. Because those people are heroes. Those yeah. people are heroes. As as much as the cop and the fireman is. You know? So it really is like cut the bullshit. And I'm not saying to, to have a, a singular belief system. No. But the nonsense. The mendacity, the outright lives, the saying we got certain, we got supplies that we don't have, putting the best spin on it and hoping for the best. When you're the fucking person in charge, come on. The yeah, time, I mean that, the yeah. time for abetting that, the time for abetting that nonsense, you know. And you know what? We have one president at a time. I want him to do better. I hope he can do. I hope he. Can, I hope something shakes this fool. And yeah, into yeah. into into another mode because we got them, you know, for another few months, you know. So yeah, it's yeah. I I think that's that's the part that's baffling is people are still treating this like it's a sports thing where it's like you know team blue versus team red, and I I really feel like it would be cool. Um, it would be ideal. I mean, this is very idealistic, but it would be cool if like the partisan stuff could sort of take a backseat. To like well, the science, you know. Well, well, you know what's going to have to happen, and this is going to be very difficult for people on the progressive side to deal with this. But when people in the red states start dying, we have got to resist the impulse to say "I told you so." Yeah, that's not that's, that's a, not that's not going to help. It's, yeah, that's yeah. not helpful. These are fellow citizens. These are fellow Americans. So the idea, the the notion of feeling like scolding and whatnot. Um, if you're gonna have, to, if you're gonna be mad, be mad at the people in charge. But but please, I think it's, I think it would be the worst, and it would just keep us in this horrible place. What we need to do is help one another. Yeah. There has to be a collective amount of empathy, you know, and, and, you know, it's, it's definitely, I also don't think that everybody who maybe are of that mindset are on, are on the social media channels either. You know, I mean, maybe yeah. some people right. really, really have their convictions about that, but I think, you know, we're only seeing some of the most vocal people on, on whatever side. And I, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of noise too. You know, it's, it's yeah, very, it it's very, it's very noisy. It, and it, it is very to... noisy. The signal, the signal and noise metaphors are, are very apt right now. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it'll be interesting to see, uh, what happens, you know, with, with all this. And, oh, and... we're going to, oh, we're going to show enough. We, we show enough. We'll <laughs> see what it is. Seriously, right. I mean, I mean, uh, that 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 the whole Chinese uh, supposed Chinese saying may you live in interesting times. You know that there's a, it's really disputed whether or not that's true, or or or, or if it's like more like a like General So's chicken, like you know it was actually a Western invention. But um, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean. There's you know a documentary saying? about that. I haven't watched it yet, but. I've been meaning about General So's about General So's chicken. Yeah, there's a documentary about everything, man. I mean, I, I feel like 
you can get at least 20 minutes out of me if it's got good camera work and good fonts. And if you can, if you can do that, then I'll, then I'll give you 20 minutes. And if I don't like it, then I'll shut it off. Right. Well, you know what? This is an opportunity for us to get more knowledgeable about a lot of different things. It's very true. Yeah. you know, we could spend our time, you know, gainfully. You know what I mean? And, yeah, uh, I've been shedding a lot, man. I've been kind of working on. You don't need this. I can't only imagine. You, 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 you have chops to go. So you're shedding. Of course, you're shedding. But wow, dude. Yeah, I'm just working on. I'm working on some impossible base stuff, but also just, um, just some different things, man, to keep my keep my mind limber and 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 stuff like that. It's important. It's important. It's important. Um, Well, on that note, I was going to ask, like I usually close with this, any books, records, or movies you'd recommend for folks to check out while we're all kind of hanging inside? Well, I I already mentioned The Expanse as something that's really cool. I I would say there's a band that I've been checking out uh, uh, lately called uh, Thank You, Scientist. And oh yeah, I know those guys, or I know a couple of the guys. Holy shit, Tom Mondo! Are you yeah, kidding Tom's me? Tom's awesome. Right now? Yeah, he's he, great. That dude is up on some. Woo! Like, yeah, and Corey's a great bass player like, too. Ridiculous. Um, you know, as you know, I'm a big fan of Car Bomb, and they have a record Mordial, which yep. is, I think, a, a wonderful record. Um, uh, I, I mentioned the expanse. I went back and started looking at, um, uh, the leftovers again, and the leftovers is a great show for these times. Uh, or maybe that's bad, <laughs> but the leftovers is, is pretty cool. And, uh, I am really loving the, uh, the third season of Westworld because okay. what's happened with Westworld is, They've left the park, or it happens half in the park and half out of the park. But, you know, uh, and, and really what's happened with Westworld is Westworld has become almost Blade Runner, the TV series. So I'm I'm catching up on season two, so I'm not oh, there yet. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's so much of it is about the arc of um, Maeve and Dolores and and and. You know, Dolores, uh, she's one of the main characters, and it's Dolores Abernathy. And how Dolores in the first season is a victim and is a very much, you know, and how she becomes, um, I mean, it's an amazing character arc. And, And how she becomes the primary enemy of humanity, if you will. I mean, uh, it's it's it's, uh, it's it's good. It's cool. it's good. And Jeffrey Wright, you know Jeffrey Wright uh, does amazing work in it. And uh, it's uh, Danny Newton is fantastic, and Evan Rachel uh, Wood is amazing as uh, Dolores. Yeah, so, I'm ex- I'm excited to get caught up on that man because um, I've been digging it. I just I don't know how I dropped the ball on season two, but, but I, I know. Don't have- I don't always have like all the time to watch everything. Um, sure. So I'll like sometimes just prior to prioritize the rule of two. I heard the outsiders really good too. Someone was telling me that show. Oh yeah. Great. Outside. Oh yeah. 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 Outsiders really, uh, Stephen. K- yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is, that's a good, that's a good watch, you know, because it's, um, it's very unsettling because, you know, the thing that's, that's shown is like, well, uh, you were Justin. Uh, Justin Bateman uh, directs, and he's he's uh, he's an actor in it, and um, and as well as I, you know, there was a whole thing about Ozark, and I I completely missed Ozark, and uh, in the last few months I started peeping Ozark, and that's a great show. Yeah, I need to check that out. Yeah, there's a bunch, man. I guess you know we'll have time to get to all of it. But yep. um, anyway, man, thanks so much for doing this. I appreciate you chatting Steve, with me. Steve, in my, it's my pleasure. I, I'm, I'm happy to do it again. I mean, obviously, this is a fast-moving situation, you know, and, uh, you know, all of our all of our things have been thrown up into the air and put into a blender. But, um, you know, we will, we will all figure it out. I just want to say to all you listeners, 
you know, be safe, wash your hands, be be conscious of how much you touch your face, you know, uh, wear gloves when you can, and um, and and uh, either get uh, if you can't use a mask, use a bandana. If you have to go out into the world, you know, protect yourself. Um, do the social distancing thing. If you don't have to go out, keep your ass at home and and share. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, man. I'll talk right, to you bro. soon. All right, love talk you, bro. Talk to you later. Love you too, man. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye. For more about Vernon Reed, you can check him out on Instagram and Twitter. You can also check Living Color out on Instagram and Twitter. That's going to do it for today's episode. New episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. Thanks for listening and be well.